بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله ما بعد. We're here, still here in Houston, Texas, and there's lots of taxes in Texas. But anyway, we're here and uh, we're at the University of Houston, and this is your host, Yusuf Estes. We're going to be dealing now with some questions and answers. Say, I have an idea. Nabil, right? Your name is Nabil? Yes, Come over here so you can be on TV. Look, hey. look right there. See? Right there. Wave to everybody. Hi, Mom. Yeah, that's good. Now you got that all the way. Now. <laughs> I got an idea. What do you think about this idea? Are you ready? You ready? You guys and, and I, instead of the traditional way, I will give you the questions and you will give me the answers. Is that a good idea? I won't be able to answer one question. wouldn't be able to answer one question. Okay, let me try something else. How about this one? How about this one? You guys give me the answers and I'll guess what the question is and if I get it right, then you send me to, to the Bahamas on a trip like on Jeopardy. <laughs> I had, I'm on a tight budget too. I'm sorry. Okay, I got another idea. Give me your question, Okay, my question is about the King James version of the Bible. Yeah. Was, uh, I was I was listening to a lecture by Sheikh Hamadita, and I believe he said that the word Trinity was taken out of it. But yesterday I was talking to a Christian friend, and she didn't quite agree to that. So I was wondering if you could answer that for me today. So you're asking about the word Trinity? Yeah. The word Trinity mm-hmm. in the Bible. Okay. You mentioned that Malik uh, James, King James, was uh, has a version. And is the word Trinity in there? Was it in there? And he said Ahmadidat said it was there, but it was taken out. I never heard that from Ahmadidat. I didn't hear that from anybody. But just to set the record straight, first and foremost, King James did not know that they translated that Bible during his time until after the fact and then they wrote a soliloquy to him which still appears in the old bibles praising him and calling him lord and asking him to accept the fact that they had translated it to the english language because they didn't want him to do what had been done a hundred years ago to william tyndale whereas they burned him to death at the stake so that's why so it's not it never was called king james version in the kingdom uh, in uh, in United Kingdom or England. It was referred to as the authorized version because they said that he authorized it, although he never did. Not before, not during, nor after. So that really is a false name, but just so you know, there never really was approval from King James. But they still call it King James Bible, so I knew what you meant. Now as far as the word Trinity ever being there, it never was in any of the translations. And you can go all the way back to the Vulgate in the 4th century, which is in Latin, and you can read it in the Latin language, you will not find the word tri in there. And tri or trinity means three. It's not there, it doesn't exist. Never did, and of course, most likely never will. But they're always changing it every day, so who knows what they'll put in there. But as of right this minute, there's no word trinity in the Bible. And as far as your friend, you mentioned that they didn't agree with this statement. Well, I agree with them too, that there is no word Trinity there, if that's what they're saying. There is not one ever been taken out because it never was there. 
And anybody who doubts it can simply go to the concordance of the Bible, which is a list of all the words and what they mean and how they were used in context. You won't find the word Trinity there. You will find the word sword there over 200 times. If you go to the Quran, you will not find the word sword anywhere in the Quran. But you will find the word Trinity. It tells the Christians, don't say the Trinity. That's better for you. So, now if you wants to argue about that, just say, well, get a concordance and let's look at it, let's find it, because it's not there. The word, not there. The concept of the Trinity is not there. There is a book called the Epistle, which means a letter from John. And this is not John the Baptist, it's not John the Gospeler, it's somebody named John who they don't even know who it is. Chapter 5, verse 7 says there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and these three are one. But that verse was added about 800 years ago. It was never there before. It's a remake of the verse before it. They took the verse before it and restated it. The verse before it, verse 6, still there today, says there are three that bear witness. It doesn't say they're in heaven. It says there are three that bear witness, the Father, the Spirit, and the blood. And these three agree. It doesn't say they're one. So that's where that came from. The reference I will give you is from the Christian evangelist and uh, scholar of the Bible, of the New Testament. His name is F.F. Bruce one of the biggest scholars uh, of the Bible, and that's what he said. And it's on our website at islamtomorrow.com slash Bible, or go to islamalways.com slash Bible, and you'll find a lot about it there. Thank you for the good question. Okay, back to our subject. We've been talking about us versus them, or Muslims and non-Muslims. It says, how can we justify our belief system to them, like the hijab, the beard, and so on? Well, first of all, we don't really have a good understanding of it ourselves, and so we're dealing with it. And so what happens, anytime you've got a problem yourself, you're very self-conscious about it and very defensive about it. For instance, the beard. Do men in Islam grow beards? Are they supposed to? So I get a question. It comes to me and says, Sheikh, do Muslims have to grow the beard. And I tell them, no. Not the women. They don't have to grow. Do they have to grow a beard? Can women grow a beard? No. That's silly, isn't it? So we say, okay, do Muslim men have to grow the beard? No. As a matter of fact, you can't. If a woman can't grow her beard, a man can't grow his either, can he? Can he? Can you grow your beard? You can? Go ahead, let's watch. <laughs> Hurry. Uh, you know, we're, we're online here. Come on. Can't do it? Ah, now you got the idea, didn't you? Ah. Allah is the one who grows your beard, yes or no? Yes. Yes, and, it, and it's Allah who told you to follow Muhammad wasallam. And Muhammad told you, don't cut it off. Now there's the subject, isn't it? It's not growing, it's cutting it off. You don't grow it. He said, leave the beard. He didn't say, he didn't say, grow it. He said, leave it. Because if you leave it alone and it doesn't grow, you're not in trouble with the law, are you? No. 
But if you cut it, then you disobey the prophets also. Simple as that. And by the way, these people who shave everything off and leave one little tiny streak down the side, kind of like pinstripes on the side of a car, this is a racing beard, I think is what it is. Huh? Or a little bit hanging down on the bottom like a billy goat. <laughs> you seen this? They think it's cool? I don't know. I hope Allah doesn't throw us in the fire for stuff like this, but it is not right to disobey the Prophet But now that you understand that, if somebody asks you about the beard, we can simply say, you don't have to grow the beard in Islam. Why? <laughs> because Allah grows it. So it's not an issue. Why do some people cut it? Who knows? Maybe they have a skin condition. Really? They could have serious acne and this aggravates it. They should shave it. Makes sense. If you have something wrong with your body, then you're allowed to do things like this to take care of your body. It's you need to. There's nothing wrong with it. Now one brother came to me and said, Chef, my wife, she doesn't like me to have a beard. She likes it to be smooth. I said, you got to wonder about a woman who wants her husband to look like another woman. <laughs> you know, I, I, they never invited me back to that community and I don't know why. <laughs> Alright, so we have this problem, you know. What about hijab? And they could ask the same question. Do Muslims have to wear hijab? Do they? Not the boys. See, same answer. Not the boys. We don't have to wear it, do we? And what about the women? Do women have to wear hijab? Huh? What? No, they don't. Nuns have to wear their hijab called the habit. They have to. Or else they're in big, serious trouble. They put it on in the morning and they keep it on until they go to bed at night or take a bath. That's only two times they can take it off. And that's even in a convent. A convent is a place where women live all alone, just with other women. They're nuns and they live there all the time. Never go out. But they still wear their hijab. Did you know that? Now... A Muslim sister, she does, when your mother's around the house working, does she wear hijab? Of course not. When she's doing stuff in the house, taking care of the kids, sitting there, you know, enjoying, maybe reading Quran, does she have to wear hijab? Huh? No, of course not. The only thing is, if she goes outside where men can see her, then she wears the hijab, true or false. So women don't have to wear it as long as they don't expose themselves to some men. Is that true? So know what's the limit before you open your mouth. Make sense? You, you stop and think. We're the ones on the truth. They're the ones with the problem. If a Catholic is asking you, and you say, well, you believe in the Catholic Church? Oh, yes. And they're right, yes. Why do you accept that a woman can't even get married, has to wear a hijab all the time? Why do you accept that? But you can't accept Islam, which only has them wear the hijab when they're out in public, so men won't stare at them, look at them, or do something bad to them. Huh? Duh. Get over it. There are many other things that Muslims are confused about, and when these people come to you, they try to open that up as a subject, just like the hijab. They try to open this up as a subject and try to ask you, well, what do you say about... Suicide bombers. Well, that's easy. Does Islam allow us to do suicide? Yes or no? No. 
Anybody commit suicide, they go to hell forever. True or false? Absolutely true. Whether it's from a bomb or a knife or whatever, the Prophet said, whoever kills himself with a knife, he'll be in the hellfire stabbing himself with a knife over and over and over. True? So anybody that is a suicide person is going to go to hell. <laughs> true or false? Simple. Okay, so get that in your mind. Now if you said, well, yeah, but what about in Palestine? Blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, now this means you've got conditions on the question. Huh? Have you ever been to Palestine? And the person will say, well, no. So, I haven't either. So what do you want me to talk about? Something I don't know about? I mean, I'm not a journalist. I'm not allowed to do that. <clears throat> yeah, that's one of those called dry humor, right? Very dry. Somebody said if I was a wit, they'd be half right. I don't know what that meant. But in any case, what we want to focus on is the real thing about Islam. You ask the question about how to give them dawah or how to uh, justify a belief system to them. Islam teaches us to use what's called the rational argument. You cannot have a rational argument with an irrational person. Can you? If somebody's stupid, huh, can you tell them anything? Just like, duh. You tell them, you know, be careful, you're going to get hurt. I don't care. So what's that? You can't really talk to this guy because he's not going to listen, right? Tell him, don't walk in the rain, you're going to get wet. Why? Because water is going to land on you. Why? Because gravity is going to pull it down. Why? You know, like two more whys like this and we're done with you, right? This doesn't make any sense. So if it's a rational person, now what's a rational person? Which way am I pointing? Which way is this? Real loud. Come on, guys, wake up. 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 And this way is down, right? Now, in our argument, we're having a rational argument, we're talking. If I change my mind and I decide this is down and this is up, that's irrational. It doesn't work. Huh? And no matter how you try to argue, because some people will say, well, yeah, but if I was on the other side of the earth, then that would be up, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be down? That would be down and that would be up. And then, okay, have a nice day. <laughs> One time I was talking with a Christian just as I entered Islam, as somebody I did business with, and I was telling him about Islam and about the Qur'an. And he wasn't even a religious person. The next time I came through that area, I found that he was not in his business. His wife said he was out in his church. I said, oh, he went to church. She said, no, he has his own church. I said, how did he get a church and he's not even religious? And he doesn't know anything. He doesn't even know one. He didn't know the old from the new in the testament. He doesn't even know one of the Ten Commandments. How has this guy got a church? She said, he found the Lord. I didn't even know he was lost. <laughs> so the next time I come through, here he is, and he's wearing a suit. Huh? And he was saying things like, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. I said, okay, what, what's, what happened to you? He said, I got the Lord. I said, okay, tell me about this. Oh, the Lord is telling me to do this and the Lord has moved me to do so and so. I have my own church now. I said, but the last time I talked to you, you didn't even know anything about the Bible at all. In fact, we talked about the Bible. I showed you some of the mistakes in the New Testament, in the English, etc., etc. He said, oh, I don't need the Bible. I said, you don't? 
He said, no, I got the Holy Ghost. Okay. Now, how will I have a rational argument with this man? Huh? Because no matter what I say, you'll say, no, the Spirit leads me, and I follow the Spirit, and, okay, what can I do with this guy? Nothing. So, I'll leave him in his spirits. What do they call in Arabic? I think they're called uh, jinn, right? Yeah. And it could be spelled either way, because it could be some other spirits that he's taking in. I don't know. <laughs> you got that one? It comes in a bottle. You can buy it. But anyhow. So, in this case, what can you say? But the rational arguments, let's look at some of the rational arguments for the belief system in Islam and Allah presents to you in the Quran. Who created this? And the people will say, Allah. And who created so-and-so? Allah. And who created that? Allah. So if you already know that, then Allah asks you, then why don't you worship Him? Why don't you just worship Him correct? Why don't you believe in Allah? And the example that we gave earlier about Ibrahim, you remember what happened when he had that incident with his people and broke all the statues? How about another incident which is mentioned in Quran? When Ibrahim went to the leader of those people and he said to them that, you know, Allah is the one who gives life and death. And this leader, he said, oh, watch me. And he brought some people and he ordered them to kill some and let some go free. He said, see, I give life and death. So Abraham said to him, well, my Lord is the one who makes the sun come up in the east. Why don't you make it come up in the west? Got it, huh? So those are logical arguments. And this is the way we present Islam. How could Allah, and Allah says this in the Quran, how could there be more than one God? Wouldn't they be in competition with each other? Eventually. Hey, what I created looks a little better than yours, doesn't it? <laughs> oh yeah? Well, watch this. Oh yeah, watch this. Well, I'm a bigger God than you are. Come on, what is that? Doesn't make any sense. And when people say that God has a son, I heard a real good one on that one. Okay, so if God has a son, does he also have a father? Because how could Jesus have a father, which is God, but God doesn't have a father? Huh? Where did he come from? Uh, and why he had to have a wife and get married to her or whatever, or, you know, like Mary, they said that's where they came from. And if he said they didn't get married, that's even worse. I mean, you're saying something really sick. You know, come on, why don't you just like say, okay, Jesus is the prophet, that's what we believe. A mighty prophet, a miracle birth, yes. And then here's one for you, when they said, yes, but if he has no father, doesn't that make him God? What? He had a mother, didn't he? I mean, really, she's the one doing a bigger miracle than him, why don't you worship Mary? Oh, I forgot, Catholics do that. Sorry, yes they do, okay. And then what about Eve? Wasn't Eve created out of a bone from Adam? Do you ever hear anybody worshipping Eve? I didn't hear that one. I better not give many ideas, right? <laughs> and then what about Adam? Adam came out. He didn't have a mother or a father. He didn't come out of anybody. He came out of dirt. Yes or no? So why don't you worship Adam? And we realize that all of that's a mistake in thinking. So these are rational arguments. So that's what you do. And you stay away from the subject of what's going on in Kashmir, Philistine, or Iraq, because, number one, you're not going to change people's mind about stuff they see in the news every day. Don't come out here and start talking about, 
the conspiracy theories of 9-11. You say, yeah, I don't think any Muslims had anything to do with it. How did they find Muhammad at his passport at the bottom of those towers and it wasn't even dirty? Yet those planes blew up everything and it was so hot that it collapsed the building but it couldn't burn up a passport? Don't do that. I got snuck it in there anyway, didn't I? <laughs> but don't go there because it won't help your case. What you need to tell the people is about what? One thing. La ilaha illallah. When the Prophet sent Mu'ad bin Jabal down to Yemen, he said, I'm sending you to the land of the Ahl Kitab. Teach them a tawheed. I'm sending you to the people of the book, the people of the Bible, Jews and Christians. When you get there, teach them about monotheism, one God. Got it? That's what we need to do. Alright, next question. Those of you who just tuned in, this is uh, Yusuf Estes. We're here in Houston, Texas, where they have the biggest taxes in Texas. And uh, we're with our brothers and sisters at the University of Houston. That's U of H here. And we're talking on the subject of us versus them, or what is the role of the Muslim in a non-Muslim land, or you can give it any name you like. Muslims and non-Muslims, etc., etc. Here's one. Assalamu alaikum wa alaikum A colleague, that means somebody who works with me, or is a friend of mine, left Islam, he accepted Christianity, and he's murtad. That Arabic, it means apostated. said, I told him about the fabrications in the Bible and how it changed from its original form. And he was very adamant, means he was very stout on the subject, he wasn't going to listen. And may Allah guide him. Shaykh, what's the best way to give such a person da'wah? He claims to strictly follow the New Testament. Is that Allah fair? May Allah bless you and protect you. I mean, and the same for all of us, Jimmy. Well, first of all, go to our website, and where it says search, click on the where it says search, it will take you to a search engine for Islam called searchforislam.com, another one of our websites. Now, when you go there, type in the word conversion and then see the articles we already have. Conversion. And you'll find the story of people who were forced to convert to Judaism and people who were forced to convert to Christianity and how the people were not forced to convert to Islam. That's first. Second of all, the subject of apostasy or mortad, as mentioned here, when somebody leaves Islam, what should you do? Now, some scholars, or let me put it like this, wannabe scholars in some countries said they have to be killed. They just said that, like that. Anybody leaves Islam, kill them. But actually, at the time of Rasul, there were people who left Islam and they didn't kill them. It's true or false? They did not. In fact, the only people that got killed were people who did other things besides leaving Islam. They didn't just say, well, I've had enough today. That's a lot of stuff. too much for my back. I'm out of here. Oh, chop his head off. <laughs> That's not the way it happened. What happened was those people killed Muslims pretending to be Muslims. And then they were punished. <laughs> they got the same treatment back. Islam does have the death penalty, yes, but it's only used in the extreme cases where somebody is really horrible and they've killed lots of people and done lots of bad stuff and then, yeah. But it's not like you can just go out and say, oh, you left Islam, okay, get my butcher knife and chase you around till I, you know. It's not like that. 
I want to clear that up. Although you didn't ask that question, I thought I'd stick that in there. But no. Let us see what should you do. Well, first and foremost, it's not you who is the, responsible for them going out of Islam, is it? I hope not. Therefore, you cannot bring them back to Islam either. What you can do is pray to Allah and ask Allah to guide them. Because in fact, it's Allah who took them out because He doesn't want them. That's the real deal. Allah does not want some people. Because He knows what's in their hearts. He only accepts pure because He's pure. If your heart isn't pure for Allah, you will never make it. And the Prophet said, if a person has a grain, a grain, just a little bit of what's called shirk, partners with Allah, they're not going to look at us. And Allah said in the Quran Himself, it's in An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 80, that it says here, Allah does not forgive that people set up partners with Him. But He can forgive anything less than that. So when people want to worship Jesus, they're not worshiping the God of Jesus, are they? They're worshiping Jesus. Now, according to the Bible that I've got, and I don't know which translation they've got, but the one that I've got, it says that Jesus told them to worship my God and your God, my Lord and your Lord. The one that I have said that he told them how to pray directly to the Father. We don't call Allah the Father, we call him the God. But okay, whatever. He never said, I'm God, worship me. What happened, this came many years later from people who were promoting a different religion. And there are books on it on our website. Go to our website and read about this. There's a lot of examples of what we use. And some people came back to Islam, but some didn't. So what? You try your best. Cry to Allah. Pray to Allah. Ask Allah. Two things. One, bring them back to Islam. Guide them. Two, don't let me follow them. Keep me in the guidance of Allah. The next one, uh, it says... I heard the Bible and the Torah have been changed. Okay, the Torah is in the Bible. Let's straighten out something real quick. The Bible consists of two things in English. The Bible for Christians has the Torah, which is the Old Testament, and the Angel, which is the New Testament. And that constitutes the Bible. It said it's been changed over time, yet Christianity and Jews say that they have the original scripts. If they have been changed... They argue that why would God allow the books to be changed... Have these books been changed? If so, how would you respond? Well, first of all, let me ask you a question. What language are we talking about? Did Jesus speak English? Now, one Christian said to me, uh, one of those got the Holy Ghost in him, he said, of course he spoke English. He could speak anything. He's God. He speaks every language and animal language and everything. Okay. Thank you. Have a nice day. Okay. Rational argument. Number one, out the door. You can't talk to this guy. I'm serious. Don't, don't waste your time. Let him go talk to the animals. <laughs> do they have the original book? If they do, they've hidden it real well because they're not telling anybody about it. All the years that I was a Christian, we discussed those things many times. I have many books by many authors, Jewish and Christian and atheists. And when I came to Islam, I got more books by Muslims. There are no original documents anymore. But they used to get Wahi, Revelation, the same as it came to the Prophet through Angel Gabriel, the same way. And they used to recite it, and this is known for the Jews that they used to do that. And they used to write their scripture and bury it and dig it up every so many years 
And then somebody would hold the book on them and they would recite and see how close they were still holding it together. Not joking, that's what they used to do. But that was thousands of years ago. When the Christian religion started up, they had books, but they were all destroyed. Everything, anything was destroyed at the Council of Nicaea. After that, nothing survived except certain books, and some of those the church took out and put back in over the next thousand years. The book of Revelations is one of those books they took out and put back in and took it out and put it back in. There are other books that when the Protestants broke off from the Catholic Church that they threw out. Then there's more books that the Orthodox have. Let me give you a little breakdown on that real fast. This is not a seminar about it, so I'll just hit it real quick. Go to the website and get the details. Islamalways.com slash Bible. But Protestants, book, 66 books. Catholics, 73 books. Orthodox, 78 books. Tell me which one's right. And then when you look at the verses, they don't match. And every hotel on this planet has got the King James Version that's put there beside the bed in the drawer, and it's the King James Version placed by the Gideon Society. Every one of them. And if you go to Samuel, 2 Samuel, which is also 2 Kings, you can read in there real clear in chapter 13 through 20, so many things it's talking about that they do and did and Absalom is the son of David and how he has, uh, I'm sorry guys, but he's having sex with his own father's wives and things like that in front of all the people. We don't have stuff like that in our book. We never have anything like that in the Quran. But that's where you'll find all this stuff in there. Many things you find in there, you'd be surprised. But nowhere in there does it, you find anywhere it says, Worship Allah alone, without partners, Rahman, Rahim. Can you imagine in the Quran, when we read the Quran, if we were to read, say, and I'm talking about uh, seven chapters. Could you read seven chapters of the Quran and you didn't write, read something about Allah? It's not possible. Because the word Allah is on almost every page. In fact, there's only two pages out of 604 pages that I found didn't have the word Allah on it. Man, the other pages had it maybe five times, ten times, twenty times, so many times. Allah and Rub and His names, etc., all there. This is Quran versus Bible. See for yourself. Go and look it up. There's a whole lot more, but I'll leave it at that. Oh, they don't have it. No. It, has it been changed? Well, I already told you that. If they got the original, bring it. And what language would it be? And it sure won't be in English. We got anything else? Well, I tell you what. Let's do this. Let's wrap up our program for today. If you want to rebroadcast this program, check it on the internet, islamalways.com, where we're always open 24 hours a day and always doing free parking. Until next time, a big salam alaikum. I'm going to ask the cameraman now to just pan the audience real quick and then let you guys give salam. Here we go. And because you knew I was the cameraman, right? And here we go. Salam alaikum. This is the guy with the bad shoes, right? <laughs> and this is the guy who can't sit still in each other. All right, one more time. Salam alaikum! Now you can't wait to get on the line to see how you look on TV, right? <laughs>